Hey guys, welcome back. Whatsoever is true. I'm your host, Jason Coral. Please check out the blog. We've got a lot of material over there. Whatsoeveristrue.com. A lot of stuff. And man, I mean, probably probably enough to you know, keep you busy for a long while. But as always, trying to take biblical truths and biblical principles help you understand the world around you. I think that's a big a big problem for many of us is how we're supposed to look at things and organize our lives. You know, how do we live godly lives in 2021 America? So let's let's talk about the COVID relief package that Congress just passed. Went through the Senate. I believe that it'll be it'll be getting signed by President Biden any day now. Maybe even by the time you hear this. So there will be a 1.9 trillion dollar COVID relief package coming out, and you should get. A $1,400 check from the uh, federal government, you know? I guess that's what you keep seeing in the news everywhere I go. I, you know, they keep like, oh, what to expect? When are you going to get your check? And it's, it's, it's always this, oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. You need this. This is going to be good. Well, <laughs> I wanna, I'm going to tell you that it's not good. In fact, it's horrible. It's a terrible sin. I'm not telling you not to take the money. I am going to say that right away. But, I need to tell you the context that this is coming in and the horrible danger that the country is in, that you are in, what to think about it, what to do about it. Ready? Here we go. First of all, this is not the first COVID relief package. This is the third. The first one was $2.3 trillion. That was last spring. The second one was almost a trillion. That puts us up at... Uh, 3.2 trillion and now this one's 1.9 so we're about 5.1 trillion dollars of covid relief packages inside of 12 months so one calendar year congress or the united states government has passed f- over 5 trillion dollars in just payouts to try and save the economy from the disastrous impacts of the government's overreaction to COVID-19. Yes, you heard that right. It's a disastrous overreaction to COVID-19. People keep saying what COVID did to the economy. That is not true. It is what government overreaction did to the economy. It was unconstitutional and unbiblical to stop people from working. It is not a biblical thing for the federal government to step in, any government to step in and stop healthy people from earning a living. The very, the very reason that this is considered an option is because we are so sold into the idolatry of the state. The state has no government, I'm sorry, no biblical authority to tell you to stop working under the guise of keeping you safe. I know this is a contentious biblical thing, but I want, want any critic, and I've talked to a lot of people about this, to give me one example of the, the Bible giving a civil magistrate the authority to quarantine the well with the sick. You don't have it. You're not going to find it. Search. It's not like, you know, you're going to find it in Genesis 51, right? <laughs> the Gospel of John, chapter 27. You have to make stuff up. It's what I'm saying. It's not in there. You can't do it. What they're saying is, that, well, the government has to do something. Well, that's the problem, to find something. You mean violation of rights? telling some businesses they can open and other businesses they can't. Well, what this set off was a catastrophic cascading effect of, of economic disaster. We lost historic levels of GDP last year, and we would be clearly in a massive depression. There would be bread lines everywhere. 
unemployment would be at 30% or higher at this present time because of what we've done. What we've done to keep that from happening is literally print out of thin air over $5 trillion. And the reach, that's why you're not seeing it. We've made up money. No, the United States never did that before. We never made money. That was the problem. I mean, that, that's, a, that's the problem today. And it never made money because everybody was adult enough to know that if you did that, you were going to end up in, in bankruptcy. That's coming soon, boys and girls, which is why I want to make this podcast. It is a sin to print money. That's a dishonest scale. It is a sin to print money. And I'm not going to get into the full uh, podcast about honest and godly banking. I'll do that another time because it's a great subject that needs to be illuminated so, so Christians can understand that the Bible speaks a lot about economics and law. And it is a judgment against the modern church that the, we don't teach Christians about economics and law. We've naturally churned out Christians who think God is God on Sunday, but he's not God of the bank. He's not God of Congress. He's just, you know, he's God of Sunday school. He's God of the worship service. And that's it. Have a great emotional service. Have a great praise band. But, you know, God's not into the economics of stuff. Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Now, now I want to go into this. This is, this is, this is a critical thing because what we've got here is you're going to get $1,400. Now, in my house, you know, if you've got kids, whatever, you get $1,400, your spouse gets $1,400, your children get $1,400, everybody's getting $1,400. But let me just take the $1.9 trillion, and off the top of my head, if there are 330-some-odd million Americans, $1.9 trillion means that basically every American is going to get taxed about $5,700, somewhere between that and $6,000, for this $1.9 trillion. In other words, $1.9 trillion means that every American owes about just shy of $6,000. So I want you to think about that for just a second. You're going to get a check for $1,400, but it's really costing you $5,700. Now, I'm not sure of the exact math. That's not my forte. I'm just rounding up here so we can get, get along with this quick. Okay, and, and I don't have a bunch of producers providing me all these numbers. So, just bear with me, right? <laughs> but it, can any country this bad at math survive long. Would, would you do that if I said, hey, dude, um, I'll give you $1,400, you give me $5,000. What? Uh, you, you, give me, you give me your brand new car, I'll give you this one that's 10 years old. What? You know, right? I mean, so we can go on and on with these comparisons. And, and that's, this is how daft and how, I'm just going to be bold, this is how stupid the American public is today because we haven't been taught to think properly because we jettison biblical principles. And so no one knows how to think about anything. Well, it's great, man. I'm going to get $1,400. You would have to, you're going to have to pay this money. The money can't just come out of nowhere. So what you're either going to do is you're either going to pay, through it, pay for it through higher taxes, and we all know that's not going to happen, or we're going to pay, through it, pay for it through inflation, which is what's going to happen. What, what happens when you print more money, the money itself is worth less because there's more money. The stuff is still there. For example, let's say that you start a business and you start making widgets and you have 100 widgets. Let's say the widgets in this case, let's, let me give you a, a particular thing. Let me say, let's say you start selling uh, t-shirts. You start making t-shirts with funny designs and you have a limited, limited inventory. Of course, everyone has a, everyone has a limited inventory. Um, and the government decides to start printing money. And so 
everybody has a lot more money, but there's still only so many shirts that you have. So what's going to happen over time is the shirt is going to go up in cost. It didn't go up in value necessarily. It's still the same shirt or it's the same thing like with a hot dog or a gallon of milk. That still is worth what it's worth. It's the money that's chasing it. Now, as we're speaking, as you're listening to this right now, Venezuela has just introduced a $1 million bill. They literally, so you, you walk around with cash in your hand. I mean, you've got like, you know, probably ones and fives and tens and twenties and maybe a hundred. Uh, they have a million dollar bill because that's how bad their inflation is. And do you know what it would cost you in American dollars to get the Venezuelan million dollar bill? Do you, do you know? 53 cents. That is what they've done in Venezuela to their currency. Now, you'll notice also that since Joe Biden has been president, that more and more migrants, more and more uh, immigrants are, are coming to the southern border to get into America. Now, they are not, they're not going to Venezuela, which in many cases is a closer walk for some of the Central American immigrants than America is. <clears throat> Nobody's going to Venezuela. It's supposed to be a socialist paradise. What happened there? Well, what happened there is what happens every time it's tried. It ends in bankruptcy. All I have to do is give you this example. Where were people going? Were West Germans going to East Germany or were East Germans going to West Germany? South Koreans trying to get into North Korea or North Koreans trying to get into South Korea? Hmm? Floridians trying to go to Cuba or Cubans trying to get to Florida? Right? Were Jews trying to get into Nazi Germany or trying to get out of Nazi Germany? I can, again, I can continue to use this on and on and on. What's happening is they're... The American public has been corrupted through greed and covetousness. Yes, the American voter is greedy and covetous. And I'm going to say this, and, I, and I'm, I'm hopeful that it strikes you as a godly correction. If you were for the lockdowns because you wanted to keep people safe, and you said that doesn't matter how much it costs us, you were deceived. Because poverty will kill people a lot better than... A virus. Poverty is a massive killer. In fact, think about this for just a moment. What is the, what is the reason for uh, sub-Saharan Africa's high infant mortality rate? The, the medical care. They don't have, in the United States, there's a lot of babies born prematurely and a lot of babies would die, but we have a consistent electric grid. We have the wealth to supply electricity to hospitals consistently that keep the ventilators on and keep the power moving so that they can have the machinery that the NICUs, neo-intensive uh, in, care, neonatal intensive care units, have and they need. That, well, they don't have that. In, in an area where the, the electric grid is unreliable, you can't have these machines running. It's that simple. It's not like the medicine's not available. I mean, Venezuela right now, it's not like they don't have these things in the world. They just can't afford them because they ruin the currency. For there to be prosperity, there must be rule of law and there must be consistent means of exchange. That is why the Bible rails against, yes, rails against and calls it an abomination when there are dishonest scales and weights, weights and balances. That's what the Bible's saying. So it's one of those things where you can just kind of gloss right over it because you're like, oh, I don't want to talk about that one. I, I know that's in scripture, but I don't want to think about it too deeply. It's a sin, America, to be printing money, in particular at this rate. It is an egregious sin, and we will pay dearly for it. We never intend to pay this money back. We think it's okay because it's always been okay. It is not. It's a sin. So this $1.9 trillion on top of the, uh, the, the uh, 
the other uh, two, uh, 3.2 trillion we've already spent, and Lord knows what we poured into the stock markets through through other you know, bond purchases and so forth. You know, this this exercise in in COVID hysteria has cost the U.S. economy something like about ten trillion dollars. I mean, this this is this is insane, and it's it. I understand that people are worried about health, but there is a way to quarantine the high and at-risk people and deal with the virus without shutting down productivity and then printing money to compensate for it. And this is exactly what we did. The problem is that nobody in America is an adult anymore. Well, not say nobody, but the vast majority of Americans don't want to be told, no, you can't have that. Right? That's what's going on. No, you can't have that. We're spoiled. This comes right down to it. We're spoiled. We're a bunch of spoiled brats, even within the church. When, when I first pointed out that the, the lockdowns were going to be too expensive and we couldn't do it, I was told by a, a, a professing church member, and, and he's, a, he's, he's a Christian guy. He's just biblically ignorant. He said, well, we have to do that or people are going to die. Well, a, we don't know that. A, we don't know that. But B, we know we can't afford it. And, if you, and, and, and it's a sin to print money. It's literally a sin to print money. Nobody's going to borrow that much money. This is what, what we're doing. We've got this weird little Ponzi scheme going on with the Fed and the Treasury and, and, and so forth. But suffice it to say is that the, this good gentleman I was, I was talking to, he said, well, it doesn't matter because life is more important. And so I asked him this question, and I'm going to ask you this question if you're struggling with the subject. Is the answer to a problem ever sin? Of course it's not. Do you not think in faith that the Lord would have provided for us and taken care of us? But what we've just done is we've, we've mortgaged off our future as a nation. If you have children or grandchildren, you should be very afraid because there is going to, there is going to very likely be a heavy inflation coming. Maybe, and if we keep flirting with this, we may even end up with a currency that's worthless. This has happened everywhere it's tried, Weimar Republic and on and on and on. And the easiest way to cause problems and health problems down the road is currency collapse. Now, and I was, well, it's not going to happen because it hasn't happened yet. It's a normalcy bias. It's, it's the same thing uh, in Second Peter. He said people are mocking, mocking him and, and mocking Christians saying, well, where's the second coming of the Lord, man? It's been 30 years. It's been 30 years. He isn't back yet. Well, I have a better argument today if they were looking at it chronologically, wouldn't I? But you still hold to Christ, right? He's coming back. He's coming again. Well, do you, do you think that his other, his other promises are, and commands are, not, are null and void? No dishonest scales. No differing weights. And the United States has no intention of ever paying this back. And the average American, if they got a $60,000 tax bill, which is what they have to pay to pay for this ridiculous amount of money we printed in the last year because we shut everything down, Remember, two weeks to flatten the curve. We're almost at the anniversary. Two weeks to flatten the curve. We're almost a year later. And things are still shut down. They're still being slowly reopened. That is a sin. It is a violation of the Lord's commandment to work for your own bread and not be idle. And, I, and, and I'm sorry to say this, but what's happened is the left has, has made it so that Christians have accepted the false dichotomy is that either you accept government tyranny and money printing or you want everybody to die. And they never even tried, and, and, and we can prove this incidentally, we, they never even tried an alternative, a balanced approach. Never even tried. Obviously, if you, if you, you want to see how the differences between presuppositions, 
and I'm a Christian uh, presuppositionalist, meaning that um, unless you presuppose God and the Word of God at the bottom of everything you do, you can't make sense of anything. Now that 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 confuses people a lot, but the basic premise you have dictates how you're interpreting facts. It is has there ever been more evidence of that than this? I mean, for example, Florida, which is fundamentally open, and that's the second oldest population in the United States, had basically the same numbers of COVID cases and deaths as California, which is like the second or third youngest population in the United States, and was almost completely shut down and and and, and all that. So the virus did what the virus is going to do. It, it didn't care, because that's what viruses do. Um, so with all of that said, they're coming back to so you're a COVID denier and so forth, and, and that's just irrational nonsense. I, I never said that COVID didn't exist, and I didn't say it wasn't deadly. I simply said you can't afford to print $6 trillion in one calendar year. That is an obscene amount of money. Give, let me give you one more example of this, and, and then we'll, 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 we'll drop it for the day, and then I'm, I'm going to close up with the biblical ramifications of this. Here we go. One, to get, get an idea of how big the number is. One million seconds ago, from right now, it was about 13 days. All right? One billion seconds ago, one billion seconds ago was about 31 years ago. You're talking like 1989. All right? 1990. One trillion seconds ago was about 31,000 years ago. To give you an idea of how large that number is of a trillion dollars, and we've just printed 5.1 trillion just in these bailouts. Now, now I'm going to move into the ramifications of this and why it's so unbiblical. Because God commands that you do not want wealth without productivity. Because man in his work glorifies God. To demand wealth without work is to demand godlike powers to create out of nothing. Ex nihilo, you know, out of nothing, nothing comes. To try to create something without having to do, do the work for it is the source of all kinds of evil. All right? It is the source of all kinds of evil. Now, when Timothy says, for the love of money is the source of all kinds of evil in the world, the Greek actually uses the word kakos, which you might want to say is crap. You could even use a stronger word there. He's saying the love of money, not the love of, of wealth. He doesn't say the love of farms or the love of businesses or the love of, uh, uh, you know, cars or, you know, he's lo- the love of money. Money is the ability to buy those things. Now, money is an exchange unit. Cause it's, it, let, me, let me just back it up again and remind you of the theological roots of the issue. Gold and silver have oftentimes over throughout history backed up any kind of currency. So when you have when you have money, it should be currency, basically. And gold is really money. So gold is 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 it's tangible, it's there, it's limiting, you can't just print it, you have to go get it. And it's connected then to a means a, a store of value. Money can then be a a a part of that currency. In other words, I'm going to give you the money. I'm not giving you the gold, but this is, because the gold's heavy, it's hard to carry around, so I can give you the money. But the money represents real gold. And that's the way it always was. We had a, we had a we had a gold standard or a, a bimetal standard in America for for the first you know, hundred and so years of, of the American Republic, and we're now off of that completely. And now money is just basically completely floating, and they can make it, and 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 there's no limit to what they can do. That is the root of all kinds of evil. Or in the Bible's terminology, crap in society. Because people begin to love the money 
not the productivity, because here, here it is again, because productivity forces you and me to serve. Okay? It forces us to submit to discipline, get better at a trade, a craft, or something so that we can serve our neighbor in love as God has commanded us and, and give glory to God in the things that we do. I could be making shoes. I could be doing podcasts. I'd be doing something productive and serving my neighbor. Right? The parable of talents. What have you done with the talents I gave you? The love of money is I want money. I want something for nothing. That's why it's idolatry. And so when you hear somebody say, you know, there's somebody just, you know, money-loving people or greedy people or so forth. There's nothing wrong with loving productivity in the Lord. That is a good thing. Loving money in and of itself, in its own way, so you can get things without having to serve is evil. That is what's wrong with that. And so what America has done in the last year has gone completely to the point where it doesn't care that it can never pay this money back and that it's saddled its children and grandchildren with insurmountable debt. It's horrific. It's an appalling sin. And yes, I'd ask you, if you listen to this, if you've been hoodwinked by this, to repent. You're going to get the money and you should do something with it. I would suggest that you go, you pay off bills with it and you go and get real money. You know, go, go get your hands on gold or silver. Um, serve your family. Save money. Do something productive with it. But you should know and take that and, and repent of your sin if you've been greedy. But if, if you have not known, and I understand this, and I'm going to give you this as, as, a, as a kind of a, uh, to mollify this very tough gut punch I'm hitting you with, is that schools don't teach us. They, te- they teach us this money grows on trees and government is the source of it. And if you don't have money, it's because some, some business person is keeping it from you and you should be greedy and covetous and, and uh, Joe Biden will save the day. That kind of nonsense. And <clears throat> remember, it's sin because the love of money is I want something without having to do something for it. I'm not content with what the Lord has given me. I don't intend to serve the Lord and my neighbor through the talents he's given me and through the discipline it takes to deliver those talents and, and to provide a service or product for people. There you go. America shut down productivity across the board, hammered itself, hammered itself. It was already a very bad economy to start with, with smoke and mirrors. That's another podcast for another day. But this is just double down on it. So if that's the case, repent of your sin. And turn to the Lord and see what the Bible says about that. See what the Lord says about seeking increase in righteousness through productivity. Not loving money. Not loving playing the stock market just to find a way to make money. I mean, that's the thing about making. You've got to make something for other people. Serve the Lord. Serve your neighbor. Invest in a talent. That is godly. You are godly. If you're, going, if you're going to work and you're sweeping floors someplace, those are floors you're sweeping for the Lord in the name of the Lord. Make that floor shine, brother. <laughs> okay? That's what you do and be proud of that. You know, a day trader who's just looking to move money around and bet on something going on, that is a sinful thing to do because you're loving money. You're not being productive. Now, I want to be careful because I want to throw everybody in with a, with, a, with a great, you know, stereotypical stroke of the pen here, or paint of the brush. But... If the heart here is just the love of money, not the humility of service to the Lord, it is sinful. And in this case, America is in huge trouble because you don't get this far into debt by being godly, that's for sure. And right now, the entire country is under the weight of a debt it can't pay off. 
and there is big economic pain coming, pray for that. We pray that the Lord Jesus Christ blesses us, has mercy upon us, and forgives us this unbelievably childish and greedy foray into, I'm not, let's, let's not do anything, but let the government bail us out. So, there's nothing I can do about money coming to me. Nothing you can do about the money. They're going to get the money. Right? That's fine. But to know the truth about where it's coming from, and, the, and I mean the motive of it, the idolatrous motive of it, is important so we could repent of that and we can ask the Lord's guidance to do something with it that's, that is productive um, and pray for our country. Like I said, if you're a parent, that's something you should do to make sure you pay off debt, try to provide for your family. Don't look for the government to provide for your family. It's another unchristian thing. The government does not provide for you. Where in Scripture is that? It says if you're worse than an unbeliever if you fail to provide for your family. The man, the man who troubles his own home will inherit the wind. You know, that America's full of broken homes because, of, oh, well, the government can take care of my kids, right? And, and so forth and so on. So that's the case. I'll close it up. Hopefully this was edifying. I know this is a huge theological gut punch for you, but, yes, this sinful COVID relief package is a, a monstrosity, and, and hopefully saner days will come in the Lord. May, may God bless you. Hopefully you've been blessed by learning the truth about this, even though it's, it's the hard truth. And uh, you can do something good with it. Clearly, the truth will set us free. If you've been living under these pretenses, uh, uh, the, the deceptions of debt and government debt, then hopefully this opens your mind. If you don't know, I'll give you a great book, Larceny of the Heart by, by Rush Dooney. That's R-U-S-H Dooney, D-O-O-N-Y. That's all one. That's his last name. You can just plug that into Amazon. You'll get Larceny of the Heart by R.J. Rush Dooney. Great book, great book. Um, it, it, it's, it's small, small uh, essays in it. It's easy to read. Uh, well, it's easy to read in terms of its, its, its volume. It's not that much, but it's it, very impactful stuff. You'll probably need to reread it several times to get it, but it'll really open up and, and expand on what we were just talking about, okay? And again, may the Lord Jesus, may his name be praised in the United States, in our homes, in our hearts, and in across our land. And may he heal of us heal us of this sin and uh, bring us to himself in the last day in faith. In Christ's name we pray and I'll catch you guys next time.